the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everell from the PGA Tour, and we're going to break down all our favorite betting plays for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Fresh off the Farmers Insurance Open, a nice Saturday finish. Luke List gets it done in a playoff against Will Zalatoris. Isn't that exactly what we said on the pod last week, Benny? Was that oh, exactly, mate. Yeah, g'day okay. to you and all the listeners out there. Of course, we weren't we nine from nine each? Definitely some great selections from us, and we'll probably do the same again this week as always. We've always got the, the gold, as we call it, back home. Yeah, only nine for nine, I think, last week, just because they won't let us make more than nine picks. That's the only reason why we were <laughs> down to nine for nine. Okay, we joke, we joke, we move on. All right, let's get to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am at beautiful Monterey Peninsula, of course. Three courses, Pebble, Spyglass, Monterey Peninsula, Country Club, and a field that includes just one in the top 10 on the world ranking, three in the top 20, 10 in the top 50. But that's where we can find some long shots. Each of the last three even-numbered years at Pebble has seen a triple-digit pre-tournament outright win this event. Nick Taylor two years ago, Ted Potter Jr. two years before him, Vaughn Taylor two years before that. So... There's maybe a long shot out there to be had. Let's get right into this. We're going to play 18 holes, make 18 bets. Benny, you're on the tee. Go. Well, you've teed me up brilliantly there, mate, for a long shot winner. I mean, we have to look at that market, don't we, in, at the AT&T Pro-Am. So I'm going to go with a guy that I mentioned a few weeks ago who had a very significant caddy change, Adam Svensson, who now has Bryson DeChambeau's old caddy on the bag. He's been playing very well with that pairing. Uh, they played well in Hawaii. They played pretty good there in uh, the desert as well. I think I saw him at 150 to one or more. So I'm, I'm thinking he's a guy that I might keep an eye on. Um, you know, nobody knows the ins and outs of everything there is to do with every course out there than his caddy. So I'm going to stick with Adam Svensson as a guy to, to watch this week. Yeah, interesting. Tim Tucker getting back into it. Maybe he wasn't fully telling the truth last year when he said, I just, you know, it's not me and Bryce and I just want to, you know, work on some other things. Uh, maybe Maybe not. All right. That leads right into hole number two. I've got a favorite long shot this week. I'm going to list them here as a top 20, but you want to sprinkle some outrights? I don't mind. Last week's winner on the Corn Ferry Tour, a guy named Brandon Harkins. You might remember the name. He had status on the PGA Tour back in 2018 and 2019. In fact, those two years he played at Pebble, finished 15th and 28th, some pretty good finishes. That's not all. Last year, he played in the unofficial tailor-made Pebble Beach Invitational, Not only did he win it, he shot 21 under for four rounds, the best winning score there in four decades. That's a lot of things going in Brandon Harkin's favor. Tends to play his best golf on the West Coast. I've heard from some players who play golf with him in the Scottsdale area and say he's hitting it really, really good. And by the way, if you're worried about him coming right off a win from the Corn Ferry Tour, that event ended on Wednesday last week. So we even had some time to celebrate, relax, get recharged. I like him for this bet, a top 20 at plus 350. But again, sprinkle some outrights there as well. I think there's some win equity on Brandon Harkins. All right, Benny, hole number three. Brandon Harkins, good pick. I'm going to have to brush him from one of mine now and grab another <laughs> name. But I think you're spot on there. Look, I'm going to go for my top 20 play then. 
Uh, a guy that, again, was in the mix a bit last week, sort of under the radar, could have easily won at Torrey Pines, but wasn't able to get the job done and still trying to search for that win that he needs. Uh, and that is Cameron Tringali. Uh, Cameron mm. Tringali, I feel like, has got the pedigree to maybe get through, but I'm going to stick with the top 20 this week because I just feel like he's in that sort of form. He's definitely going to be up there. You need a bit of luck at the at t Pro-Am because, you know, you've got the three courses. You don't know if you're going to get the right one on the right day. So stick with him. At a plus 120, I saw for a top 20. And another guy to sort of keep an eye on there, mate. I just said I wouldn't talk too much about Australians this week after, you know, really stacking the board with them over the last few. But Matt Jones, plus 250, just a quiet one there. I like that. All right. Nobody else can see it, but I'm on a Zoom call with you right now as we're recording. I've got the index card up. I'm showing you Cameron Tringali, top 10. I've got him on the board already. Look, took him 10 tries at Pebble Beach to finally finish in the top 10. He did it last year, finishing in a share of seventh place. But the guy is so solid, so consistent, coming off, like you said, Benny, another good week. I've got him for a top 10 at plus 250. I don't think I'm going more than that. I don't think I'm picking him for, for an outright, even a top five. But he just seems like a nice, solid top 10 play this week. Okay, hole five. So off the back of that, too, I've got a guy from my top 10, that's had some success at Pebble over the years and could do much better, but he's very good value for the top 10. And it's Russell Knox plus 650 for the top 10. Now, look, Russell, this is a play, like you said, you can sprinkle. You don't want to go so bold to go 10. You get great value at 20. You even get good value at top 40. So, but Russell Knox, the Scotsman, it was a a couple of years ago, might've been last year where he was right up in the mix, but had like a random penalty for a ball moving, you know, right before he hit it. One of those ones where he was deemed to make it move and that sort of got him off guard and, and sort of had him go back down the field a little bit. I think he would have been contending to the very end had that moment not happened for him. So he's a sneaky one there. I think you get great value top 10, but if you're not as confident as me, 20 and 40 is still good value. I like that play a lot. He's a guy that wasn't necessarily on my radar when I wrote my preview early this week, but he's getting on my radar. I think that's nice. All right. Hole number six. This is a guy who's not been under the radar and certainly not for this event. I would have loved to get him a month ago coming to Pebble Beach, but he's played too well. Maverick McNeely, slow down. Because you're coming to a place that you obviously love. Runner-up last year, fifth place the year before that. I still am not quite sure about Maverick McNeely's ceiling. Remember, he never won on the Corn Ferry Tour. Still has not won on the PGA Tour. But he does have a very, very high floor. So I'm only taking him here for a very conservative top 20 at plus 120. I think a lot of people are going to be on Matt McNeely right around 25 to one outright this week. I don't hate it. I like him as a player. I wonder about that ceiling just a little bit, Ben. Well, I'm glad you don't hate it because you've just stolen my outright. Maverick (laughs) McNeely is my 25 to one outright this week. I told you, I said I wouldn't pick an Australian. I would have loved to get some Jason Day scenario uh, there at 20 to one. I think you can get the man who was very close last week again at Torrey. He's always been good at Torrey. He's always been good at Pebble without winning it as well. Jason is someone I like, but I've decided to pivot there to McNeely. I think that, you know, he just seems like he might be ready. I know you said you're not sure about that ceiling, but I think that if he's got the right desire, he's a Stanford guy. He was fifth there two years ago, second there last year at Pebble. He's got the comfort factor there sort of a horse for the course. And he needs a little bit of like a rev up, you know, he's, he's come from a lovely privileged upbringing, but when he's got his sort of face in the trough, so to speak, he does fire up. And I think Pebbles a week, he'll do that. All right. Eighth hole. Uh, my favorite top five on the board this week is a guy who's coming off a really solid performance this past week, played really well on Sunday, which has not always been the case over the last couple of years, but Justin Rose finished in a share of sixth place, just one off cashing a top five ticket. I do think he's going to be Inside that number this week, I've got him at 
It's only four to one for a top five. It's not a great number this week for Justin Rose, but anytime it's a ball strikers event, I like it. I also think maybe there's a little karma play. Look, we're, we're not going to get too deep into it, but a lot of players, basically twice the amount of big name players are at the Saudi International this week. I thought we might see Justin Rose over there, a lot of international players. Instead, he chose to go to Pebble Beach for the first time in five years. Maybe there's a little golf god payback for Justin this week. All right, ninth hole before we hit the turn. Well, my top five, mate. You started, I thought you were going to steal my thunder again, a guy who played pretty well last week. I'm going to stick with Zalatoris for top oh, five. Yeah. It's I think it's 350 or plus 350 for Zalatoris in the top five or around about that. It'd be a tough one to go past what happened. He had a good chance to win it in regulation. Atori had a good chance again to keep the playoff going, was unable to do it. He's been a little dodgy, if you will, on the short putts, definitely. But he also has a pedigree of being able to rebound pretty quickly. Uh, he brought it up straight away in his press conference and he said, look, I had a similar situation in the Corn Ferry where I lipped out a, a putt to get in a playoff and the following week I, I rode that momentum and won the tournament. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say that that's a possibility. I always am wary of a guy who loses in a tough situation, so I'm not fully on the outright bandwagon just yet, but the top five, I think he will contend with a bit of luck and and be up there with another chance to break the duck. I will say that out of that top tier, Ben, Zalatoris at 18-1 to is probably one of the more palatable numbers this week. We'll get into it just a little bit. Some of those short numbers on some of that top tier, most of those guys, I just can't get to it, the number they're at. I just can't do it. Zalatoris at 18 to 1. I don't totally hate it. If you really like him, I don't love him this week to win. But if you do love him, I won't talk you out of it because I do think that's a fair number on yeah. Will Zalatoris. All right, Benny, as we make the turn, we're going to fill up that cooler and get back on the cart. But we're now joined by the hosts of Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brettwish and Spencer Aguiar. These guys are golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets. Here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, top 40 plays for this week's event, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Thank you, Jason and Ben. We are very excited to be back with the Action Network for the AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. We will cover the top placement market. I'll get us started with a top 40 on Andrew Putnam, plus 130 on DraftKings. I had him priced right around even money, plus 100, so 30 points of value there. Just a guy that's in really, really good form, an excellent iron player who could play in windier conditions, which we may certainly see this week at Pebble Beach, and two straight top 30 finishes. So again, just a guy in great form. I'll move it on to sort of my bomb of the week of Camille Vajegas at plus 330 on DraftKings to finish top 40. My model had him priced at plus 270, so about 60 points of value there. Again, a very good iron player, solid around the green. Played solid last week, just really imploded on Sunday. So I do like the recent form, and he did have a top 40 finish at what I believe is a a much tougher field at the Amex a couple weeks ago. And then the last top 40 for me is a Euro guy that we haven't seen play on tour in a long time is Dean Burmeester, plus 150 on FanDuel. I had him priced uh, similar to Putnam at even money. I'm going across the board on Dean, actually. I'm going to take the top 10 at plus 950, the top 20 at plus 450, and then again, the top 40 at plus 150. He is ranked 70th in the world, rated strongly in all the metrics that I care about this week, and it can should tear up the par fives with his uh, driving ability just being a bomber off the tee. I do believe he missed a cut in the 2019 U.S. Open here at Pebble Beach, but you know it's a much different course setup there. And then I'm going back to Mito Pereira, top 20 plus 240 on FanDuel. I had him priced at plus 185. I believe DraftKings had him priced down to 180. Just great form, a very light field, an elite iron player, very 
very good around the green last week, which is usually the weak spot for him. I just think this is the year of Mito. So I'm going to kick it over to you, Spencer. And what do you got on the card this week, my man? Yeah, I think I have a differing thought process this week than some when it comes to the optimal way to play the board. This field is subdued by any stretch of the imagination, but while distance won't play a factor because of the forced layups required throughout the venue, I'm under the belief that certain players further down the slate might be able to generate ball speed to give themselves a slight advantage over their perceived price tags. It's not going to be the case with everyone I mention, but I have five names worth considering this week in Monterey, California, starting with Patrick Rogers plus 165 on FanDuel. The Stanford product has one of the best combinations in this field of POA putting and par five scoring. And while course history has been shaky with three straight missed cuts, I'm willing to ignore it because of where his game is at entering the week. His eighth place result here in 2018 is more indicative of his upside than anything else. Moving on to a first time participant, I have Taylor Pendrith at plus 175. It's been boomer bust for Pendrith early in his career, but for a golfer that has struggled with his irons over his first handful of starts, His best success has come in that 100 to 150 yard range, a proximity zone that he will see nearly 39% of second shots at at Pebble Beach. The ball striking was on point at Torrey Pines last week, and I think you could argue that both of the wagers I have mentioned so far could be played even higher than the top 40 market because of the volatility that goes into them. I prefer top 40 bets unless you have access to a book that pays ties in full. But with that idea still in mind, uh, Sahith Thagala to come inside the top 20 is an interesting wager. You can find that price at plus 330 on DraftKings. You can also locate a similar price if you shop around at a book without dead heat rules. Something like BetMGM is always an option. But Thagala is buzzing to start 2022, posting three straight finishes inside the top 48, with every result better than his previous. These tests where scrambling will come into play are always right in his wheelhouse. And I think he has all the intangibles to find success in this sort of rotational structure. And then the last two top 40s, I will throw out there very quickly, are Nick Taylor plus 190 and Wyndham Clark plus 170. Taylor enters the week with five top 39 finishes at Pebble Beach in seven attempts. The current form looks good with four straight top 41s. And he ranks 16th at courses under 7,200 yards in my two-year model, a number he will get at all three setups. As for Clark, he's the top-ranked player in this field when running my data for Poa Greens. That combination of ball striking and ball speed and and everything that he can create with the Poa putting intrigues me on a course where he is two for two in his career when it comes to cuts made. I love it, Spencer. So there you have it. We have Andrew Putnam, top 40, Camillo Vajegas, top 40, Dean Burmeister, who actually had seven top 10 finishes last year on the Euro Tour, top 40, top 10, top 20, and then Mito Pereira, top 20. Spencer's got Patrick Rogers, Sahith Thigala, Taylor Pendrith, Nick Taylor, and Wyndham Clark. Good luck to everybody this week, and we will kick it back to you, Jason. All right, the cooler is filled, and we're back on the back nine. I've got the honors on the 10th tee, and I've got a couple of top 40s on uh, some decent plays uh, down the list, some bigger sleepers. One is a guy that I've liked him for a long time. He did me dirty for a little while there, but I think he's back. Doc Redman. The good doctor. Doc Redman. The doctor is in. He's back. All right, I'm being a little cautious, only a top 40, but it's plus 230. I think that's pretty good money. Doc Redman on these types of golf courses, I think should be in a comfort zone where he doesn't have to bomb it out there. His ball striking should help him this week. 
Love it, mate. I'm going to go next. Ready to rumble. All right. Look, I've got this mate. This guy loves it. Another Aussie dubs Anderson is all into the betting and whatnot. He loves it. Last week, he was the one who threw me the Neiman tip, which turned out to be a winner, right? We had one of the ones we did manage to get top uh, South American with uh, Yako Neiman. And he reckons that this time he wants another foreigner. He thinks oh, we should all be looking at Christian Bezudenhout for a top 40. It's minus 125, but it's still good value given that how much predigree he has in the level of this field. So I'm going to give him another plug and another nod there and say I don't mind that as a top 40 pick since he was pretty good with uh, throwing me a winner last time. I'm going to go with that again. Hey, it's worth mentioning. Game, I know right? a lot of people that will listen to the podcast will say minus 120, minus 125. Why would I bet that? Golf's all about playing some long shots, getting some bigger odds. Look, there are people that are going to bet the Rams money line for the Super Bowl, and it's going to be a shorter number than that. Look, they don't all have to be 100 to 1 long shots that you're trying to hit a lottery ticket on. Sometimes you just take what you can get. And yes, Biz Weidenhout for a top 40. Yeah, why not? He should cash that bet. And so, okay, it's less than even money, but that's not terrible. All right, 12 hole, another guy whose game should work on these golf courses. He's a straight hitter. Uh, He's a really good ball striker. He's going to roll in some putts. He's a West Coast guy. David Lipsky, if you don't know much about this name, he's won before on the European Tour, twice in fact. He's won before on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's won on the Asian Tour. This is a guy that's got a ton of game, Northwestern product. Top 40, again, like Doc Redman at plus 230 this week. Look, you're not going to pay off the mortgage with a top 40 play this week, but I think he's a guy further down the list that he can help there. And yeah, he might help in some DFS lineups as well. All right, 13th hole, Benny. First round leader. Let's sort of throw one of those out there. Mm. But obviously, I want to say there are three courses. Really, the answer to this is anyone on Monterey Peninsula Country Club. <laughs> anyone who <laughs> yes. starts on that is probably your place to start. But if you can't, and you know, if you get the markets where you can pick the course, of course, you can go around. But one guy... Uh, I like the look of, and and again, this is someone who you can sprinkle through those 40s, 20s, and even 10s, is Tom Hoagie. What? I think that Tom Hoagie was uh, second at the Amex. You know, he's near the top of the tour in birdies. Last year at Pebble Beach, he was 12th, which was a best for him. He's trending in the right direction. He seems to be the type of guy that could be leading after the first round and contender and contend his way around there, maybe hang in that top 20, top 10. Literally, my next bet is Tom Hoagie, first round leader. <laughs> I am absolutely with you 100% on that. And by the way, uh, to add on to um, what you were saying, I'm guessing that most books will separate the three courses as they did both at the Amex and at Torrey Pines the last two weeks as far as first round leader bets. But if you find a book that doesn't separate them, you're right. MPCC, two years ago, remember last year, MPCC not in the rotation. It was just Pebble and Spyglass with no Pro-Am portion of this event. Back to a Pro-Am now. Monterey Peninsula played to a 69.690 scoring average two years ago. Pebble, 71.677. Spyglass, 72.877. That's over the first three days. So MPCC, close to three full strokes easier than Spyglass. Absolutely. And for DFS purposes, you would like to load up your showdown lineups with guys on Monterey Peninsula. Okay. I can't believe we had the exact same bet there for first round leader. Let's go Hoagie. (laughs) <laughs> last, six rounds, one. last six Thursday rounds, by the way, he has been sub 70 every single time. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, I mean, I was looking at the stats. I probably should have looked at your picks beforehand if it <laughs> were out there. But anyway, I'm glad you did. Great, great minds think alike. That's what they say, right? Um, if I had to throw another name out there just so we've got a point of difference, what about a Matt Fitzpatrick? Or, or maybe that's where you have Jason Day if he's one of the MCC guys. So we'll see. Go to All hole right. 15 now. Another guy I want to look at for. 
uh, matchups, right? I've got a guy who I think is getting some juicy, decent numbers in matchups that I've seen. Big on the radar, sort of the end of last year, not so much this year, but I think he's coming back to it. And that's Yako Neiman's buddy, Mito Pereira. Mm-hmm. I think the Chilean is a, a great bet against others this week. I think he's going to be not necessarily the favorite in most of the matchups you'll get him against. And I think he's going to have a sneaky good week. So again, another one to sprinkle in the 20, 10, 5, and you know, potentially even outright. Potentially an outright are there that could come up from nowhere and win this thing. I won't give it to you yet, but I will tell you, Benny, that you and I are very, very much on the same page this week. And I need to tell the listeners out there, we do absolutely no prep work together. Benny does his own thing. I do my own thing. We turn on our Zoom call to record this, and uh, we exchange pleasantries for about 30 seconds and go, all right, you ready? Let's go. West coast, east coast too. We're on the other side of the country. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, if anything, if we were talking about these picks, then we wouldn't have the same ones. We go, oh, you're taking so-and-so. All right. I'll take somebody else. Then we don't mean to have the same picks, but I'll get to Mito in a minute. Uh, 16 fall. I'm going to go with a three ball matchup on DraftKings, where I found Kevin Streelman. All he's done here is finish top 20, like every single year. I think in fact, 11th (laughs) or better the last seven years. I've got him at plus 160. All he's got to do is beat Kevin Kisner. And I like Kisner. I always like Kisner. And Troy Merritt, who I don't like nearly as much, but it's only beating two other guys at plus 160. That is a steal for Kevin Streelman this week. I'm all over Streels. I've talked about it in a few places, but Benny, some of these guys that tend to play well year after year at this event, whether it's Streelman or Day or Spieth or Berger or McNeely, all these guys every single year show up. You wonder if the pro-am portion makes them feel like, hey, I'm a team sport athlete trapped in the body of a golfer. And so I like having a partner. I like having someone to high five with when I make a putt. I like being able to carry a team a little bit. I like being able to go back and forth. And so I think there's something to be said about these guys really liking the team aspect of golf when they're playing in these things. Kevin Streelman certainly does. He's got Larry Fitzgerald with him. Once again, they've won two of the last three pro-am portions of this event. So I've got Streels in that matchup. All right, hole 17, we're getting there. I'm going back to the outright market, and I just want to – we sort of touched on it earlier, but I just want to say, look, I do think obviously Patrick Cantlay is a massive chance to win this week, but the numbers just aren't right. It's like Ram last week. You thought he would win. He looked like pretty much the whole way he could win and would win, but in the end he didn't, and the numbers don't give you that value that you need. And as you mentioned, the top of that board, it's just sort of littered with that sort of thing. So while I went with Mav at 25 and I had a long shot for you at Svensson, I want to go somewhere in the middle for my last pick. And, and a guy that, again, was there or thereabouts. People don't know much about him, but at 80 to 1, I saw Aaron Rye. I think Ooh, Aaron Rye could ride some momentum. Small on the outright, but you can get great top 5, top 10, top 40. I just As another outright pick at a place where we a lot of luck comes into it, whether on the right day, on what course you're on, whether you're going to go low, uh, all these things are going to come into it, and we won't know those until closer to kickoff, if you will. Aaron Rye coming off a title contention at Torrey Pines. I can tell you that the three courses at Pebble suit his game, which is short and straight and ball striking, way better than Torrey Pines' south course does. And so if he was able to contend for three rounds on the south course, he should be in pretty good shape at Pebble Beach. So I like that as well. All right, 18th hole. I've gotten my favorite outright save, and I teased it already. Mito Pereira. (laughs) You can find him Anywhere between 40 and 50 to one. I was hoping for a little bigger. I was, wanted to get a little greedy and I was hoping the books would forget about him. He'd be 55, maybe 60 to one. That didn't happen, but still, I think it's a pretty good number on Mito. Mito's a guy that, as everyone knows, 
had that in-season promotion to the PGA Tour after winning three times on the Corn Ferry. Everyone's favorite it guy last fall. Everyone's saying, this guy's going to win soon. He had a couple of top fives, fourth place at the Olympics. He was up and coming. And since then, he's played just well. Not great, just well. But Benny, I've got a little something for you. Uh, Bear with me on this one. All right, so at the Sony Open a few weeks ago, Hideki Matsuyama had played one event before that, finished 13th place at Kapalua, won at the Sony. Mm-hmm. At the Amex the next week, Hudson Swafford had played one event, played the Sony the week before. Didn't contend, but he didn't miss the cut. Just sort of pretty good, got four rounds in. He won the Amex. We get to Torrey Pines, where Luke List, coming off a T22, very much the same story, one week before, he had kind of gotten four rounds in. Okay, he goes to Torrey Pines, plays his best golf. Mito Pereira played his first competitive event of 2022 last week at Torrey Pines, shook off some rust, got the cobwebs out of there, finished in a share of 25th place. That's exactly the same pattern that we've seen from the last three winners on the PGA Tour. I like everything about him this week. That ball striking seventh on the PGA Tour and strokes gained on approach shots should be perfect for this event. Yeah, mate, solid stuff. As I said, I had him earlier for matchups and stuff. I think he's great value there. And one thing I will say for everyone out there too, uh, if you're going to be an in-play or uh, in-tournament better, like really pay attention to those courses. A lot of players who play, say, Spyglass Hill that first day, you might get the best outright value the day after that. So if they play Spyglass round one and, and they're still somewhat close to the lead, don't give up on those players. That's an excellent point, Benny, and I will absolutely follow that advice throughout this entire week. Thanks so much to everybody out there for listening to the Links and Lots podcast. Remember, you can download, subscribe, and rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Here's hoping you guys hit the green.